It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Hey, welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. It is a pleasure to have you all with us today. If you're listening on Element FM in Toronto and or Ottawa, that's great. If you're listening on one of the other radio stations that now carry Moment of Truth, you're welcome to be here. We like having you. Also, if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, we welcome you all. And we also are grateful to have guests returning to the show today that we had on. We were just talking about this prior to going to air. Uh, in the fall of 2019, when we could all get together in the same room, and they were in our studio in Toronto. And it's a, a pleasure to have them back with us here on the show. And we have uh, Jay Lee and uh, Hayden Wolf with us from Once a Tree. And we're talking to them today about... Well, a number of things. First of all is um, is Jaylee's new song that we're going to talk about, but also uh, the video that goes along with it. They've been very active with their musical careers since we last spoke, so it's great to have them back on to talk about Child of the Government uh, is Jaylee's debut single that she's put out. So it's a pleasure to have them both on the show. So Hayden and Jaylee, welcome. Hey, hey, thank you so much, yeah, David. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Yeah, we love talking to you. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's great talking really to you guys too. Because I remember, you know, and I'm sure you guys have have spoke in great depth, and it's on your website, around, also around your own history, your own personal histories, how you guys got together, and that amazing story that you uh, that you came out of to find your way into music and to find each other. All of those things that have have transpired for you, and now you're you're putting out this great music. Hayden, I want to talk with you with you about that to some degree because. You know, the, the production values that you bring to, uh, to the work that you guys do. Can you, can you tell me a little bit about that history for yourself, about falling into that production side of things? Yeah, I mean, we, when we both started making music, it was, we were definitely based in like folk mm. and just like guitar, piano, that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until we came to Toronto and I ended up getting into the remix uh, project where I started really developing the production side mm. of, of the music and like electronic stuff. It was actually thanks to Gord Downey. Yeah, right? Gord Downey. <laughs> yeah. So crazy. I, I, we were on and off homeless when we first got to Toronto. Yep. And I had a camera and I was just working, um, taking photos for people. And I ended up getting a job um, doing behind the scenes for a short film. And I get to set and Gord Downey's the, the lead character. I'm just like, oh man, like this is my chance to share me and Jaylee's music with someone big in the industry. So I like, you know, I was trying to be respectful, but on lunch break, I went over and I was like, oh, Gord, can I show you some music, man? Like I'm such a big fan. And so we sat there and I showed him some stuff. And um, the writer of the short film named Gavin Shepard came up behind me and he said, hey man, I, I started this um, program called the Remix Project. You should check it out. Um, and I immediately went home. I was so excited. The, the, uh, programs that they offer there are mm. just so incredible for, um, youth that, you know, don't have the tools or the access, mm. um, to help grow their careers in the arts industry. Um, and they completely changed me and Jaylee's lives. Yeah. And that's when you really started producing. Mm -hmm. 
Wow, that's what a great story. I'm sitting here listening. I don't remember if we shared that last time you were on. Well, I don't the show. know. <laughs> yeah, probably not. We probably didn't talk about Gord. No, I don't think so. Nor uh, the the remix program and and how yeah. that uh, changed things for you. And certainly, you can really hear that as you you listen to the music that you guys have have put out. How are you enjoying that side of things? Oh yeah, like it's I I love like the evolving of the sound. Mm. I think coming back to you know, more raw and um, kind of moody tones. Mm. I always, I don't know. I always am a sucker for, for sad song. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's been, um, it's been really cool to get into producing this new project with Jay Lee mm. and, um, you know, talking about really more personal subjects. Mm. And um, yeah, it's been such a pleasure. And you, you love him. producing. Like I love anytime it, yeah. I say to him, like, what do you want to do? Like if he, if he has time, it's like his day off or whatever. He's like, I'm going to make music. Like it's what he <laughs> loves to do. And he, and it's like, you don't go to the guitar as much anymore. You go to your production. Like, yeah, go, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. See all these little things that are coming out. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's great. Now, listen, that leads me to another question. And that is sort of the writing side of this as, as a duo. How is that shared up? It's always different. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's, I'll have a vocal, I'll have a hook and I'll mm -hmm. have some lyrics mm -hmm. and then I will just start singing them and he'll come up with a beat mm -hmm. or I'll have it on the guitar already. And then we can just track that. And then we put it into his program and um, he just starts to like make a beat around that. Or sometimes he'll already have some sort of awesome track and then I just get to come in and write lyrics. And She's sing. crazy though. She, she literally on so many of the once a tree tracks, mm -hmm. like she'll just freestyle stuff. And well, I'm like, it's the only way I can write. Though. Yeah. I'm like, and I'm, I'm like, that turned out so well. Like we're actually going to use this like one take. Right. right. Yeah. I find it really hard to like sit down and think about, okay, what, what do I want to write a song about today? And then like sit down with a pen and pencil and I can't do it. I have to just like, let it come out. However it comes out. Riding the wave. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Well, thanks for sharing all that. Now, I have to ask you guys, you know, as I said, when you were back on the show in 2019, we certainly talked a lot about your personal history and about how you came out of the Jehovah Witness, uh, mm -hmm. you know, religion. Has any of that changed, just to catch up a little bit? Are you still excommunicated from the community, etc.? Has any of that changed at all? So actually, it's it's pretty much the same. But when COVID really started to hit, mm. I went back to British Columbia mm -hmm. and I started noticing that some of my family members started to talk to me. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a normal family mm. kind of conversation, like how you've been doing. It's more like, hey, it's the end of the world. Like this is happening mm. and we really love you and we don't want to lose you. And they started to talk to me and I was so grateful to have them in my life that I mm. didn't even mind that it was just all preaching to me. Mm. Um, since then, they have mostly stopped talking to me again, but it was a very interesting mm -hmm. thing with COVID that they, you know, they were being told that it was, it was the end. It was eminent. And like that they reached out to me. I know they love me. Mm -hmm. I know that their love isn't conditional. I just know that they can't have me in their lives because of, because of the brainwashing. And mm -hmm. so, it was interesting, but um, things are pretty much the same Pretty much yeah. in that regard. Mm. I mean, obviously, everyone's lives has just changed so drastically since mm -hmm. COVID has, sure. has really taken over. But um, yeah. 
Yeah, it's true. Our lives have definitely changed. Now, the other thing that comes to mind when you were saying that, and it, and, and it goes back to something that you guys shared about your story as well. Jaylee, you had said to Hayden at some point after you had left and you were uh, you were just talking one day and you, you said, do you miss being immortal? Yes. Yeah. Yes, because we really did believe that. That um, was hard. Yeah, that was <laughs> one of the hardest things. I think it's up there with losing my community and my friends and my family was mm. the deprogramming of that belief because I literally thought I was never going to die. I remember being a kid and having all of the elderly people being like, you are so like fortunate that you have, were born right now because Armageddon is coming mm. and you'll never have to grow old. And I would just get to live in paradise earth in my body, mm. um, you know, around 25. That's kind of basically how they're depicted in the photos mm. that we were shown. Mm. Um, and you get to just live forever in mm. this body. It was a lot more reckless back then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right. But uh, I was invincible. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> it's so weird to think back to that time. Yeah, yeah. that was the most just crushing feeling coming, yeah. to, coming to terms and, with And that. everyone else is like, of course you die. Yeah, yeah you're going to die, obviously. <laughs> you're going to get old if like, you're lucky. This has yeah. never even crossed my mind my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's that's really interesting, first of all. And, and secondly, I guess the idea that you are never going to die. It's a very, pardon the expression, very intoxicating idea, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful it's, hope. It's the carrot. Have. It's the carrot that they dangle. Right. It's definitely the hope. And also that anyone who passed away before Armageddon, before yeah. the Great Tribulation, yes. um, will get resurrected. And so you get to be with those people. Mm-hmm. All in, your loved ones. Yeah, with all of your loved ones in the physical. In perfection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... That was definitely hard. It was a hard pill to swallow when I realized that was all a lie. Um, but since then, obviously, I've created my own little paradise now. And, and, mm, and like so that. now when you guys look back on that, what, what do you see as sort of the gifts that you've been given from, from being freed from that? But what are the regrets as well? Ooh, okay. Well, I have a gift. Yeah. Um, I think one of the greatest gifts is coming out of that, you really learn to question everything. So for me, I came out of, out of that and then came into this society and I was sort of like, why is it best to be like really rich? Like, why is it best to be like, I, I really kind of realized that it was almost like society and it's, um, like, I'm just going to say, you know, like the patriarchy, it's, mm. it's fascinating that now it's like, there's whole other rules that I needed to subscribe to mm. beauty standards, like mm. all of these other things mm. that I had never really thought about the cult of society. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, I, I think it's good to just question everything and really find for me what's right. Um, and I think that's been a gift. Mm. Okay. Great. Yeah. Hayden, anything for you? What was, what was the other? The regret. The regret. Yeah. I mean, I try not to live with regrets. I don't, I wouldn't say I have any regrets about being raised mm-hmm. in that. Um, Cause yeah, it does. It teaches you a lot of perspective. Sure. Um, and that life is life. Like you have to have perspective in life to really get through it. <laughs> yeah. You have to learn the hard. I think we all have to learn the yeah, hard way in some definitely. ways. Yeah. I mean, I was, I would say that the, the religion teaches you to be very judgmental 
And so if I look back and I'm like, oh, the judge, the judgments that I had, but I, but it wasn't really, I wouldn't say it's really my fault because, Mm. you know, it was so ingrained in me to have those judgments, but Mm -hmm. I don't like thinking that I, that I had those. Right. It it gives me hope too, for, you know, you meet some people and you think, wow, like, how could you ever think that way? And that person will never change, but like given the opportunity and the right, um, you know, the right heart condition and everything. I think a lot of people who hold a lot of really bad ideas about others can, given the opportunity, can really change yes. and become a better person. You know, yeah. I'd, you'd never lose, lose hope on on those nasty people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe in change. Yeah. I believe people do change and they can change. Yeah, And, and you guys are proof of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, the other thing I was thinking of while you were talking there is, uh, that experience, of course, shaped who you are to some degree and probably has helped you in terms of what you are bringing through your music uh, to the world. Yes, mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. And the other thing I was wondering about is this. How do you think this would have rolled out had you not met each other and and mm-hmm. had that ability to to move forward together because it, it really was you guys were very fortunate to find each other and and find the the similarities and the things that you you uh, were, were doing and thinking at the time together yeah. correct it was faded yeah i wouldn't i, I wouldn't be here today 100 percent. i wouldn't be alive today if it wasn't for jaylee and like the the um we're soulmates like yeah we've we've been there for each other through such like the darkest times in our lives and we've, we've been a support for each other. We've been there unconditionally, mm-hmm. no matter what. And it doesn't even matter if him, like if Hayden and I one day were like, you know, we don't love each other in that way anymore. We'd still be there for each other. Yeah. There is no conditions. I don't care what you do. You like, I'm always going to be here for you. And Likewise. that's what it's been like from the beginning. And so mm-hmm. when you say like, you know, lucky, like it, I don't know if you use that word, but I feel so lucky mm-hmm. to have met him. I feel like it, it was faded. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, thank you both for that. I really appreciate uh, you thank sharing you. that. Of course, thanks. <laughs> and, and and you know that leads us into uh, if if somebody's listening and wondering who 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 are they talking to? What are they talking about? <laughs> well, we're talking to Hayden and Jaylee Wolf of uh, Once a Tree, but we're specifically supposed to be talking with uh, Jaylee about her new song, the single that she's come out with, and we are going to do that. But you know, uh, if you're an Element FM listener, you will definitely hear uh, Once a Tree on. Element FM, and I guess uh, Rush is probably one of the songs we hear quite a bit these days. Nice. Cool. Um, and you guys just had, you know, for people that want to check you guys out, you, you can be found online, right? You've got the onceatree.com website. Uh, yes. You can, you're on, you're on YouTube. You've got all these connections. People can look you up and find you all over the place. And, and uh, of course, purchase uh, your, your uh, wares and your music as well. Yes, exactly. He said it perfectly. <laughs> and is there specific areas uh, of the social media that you want to mention to send people to at all? Uh, we have all social media. So whatever whatever you use, if you want to connect with us, we, we've probably got, yeah, Once a Tree. And then our personals are just our names, mm-hmm. Jaylee Wolf and Hayden Wolf. Okay. Definitely follow Jaylee on TikTok to see her viral <laughs> cat video. <laughs> 
Okay. All I posted right. a, I posted a video of my grandfather's cat fortress when I was back in BC. Mm-hmm. He was never um, in the religion and he's always been kind of a goof. And I went back there and filmed this thing just, you know, thinking it, this is so funny. It's this crazy cat fortress and it went viral. So all the work on our music and she posts a cat video and 6.8 million <laughs> views later. <laughs> yeah. It's that kind of a world. It is. (laughs) And you are listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa, and this is Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. My guests on the show are Hayden and Jaylee Wolf, and we're talking to them about their music, and we're now going to start talking about the newest song that has been released along with the video. Do you want to tell us a little bit about um, why you felt this was the right time to tell this story? Sure. So... I have been trying to heal my relationship with my biological father. And when I really started to work on this solo project, um, basically it was about a year ago, I really started to write songs for it. And um, I was just sitting there and I thought, you know, there's something I need to get off my chest. And my, my um, biological father, he like, he's, he calls me and he's very okay with me sharing this, but um, he calls me when he's drunk a lot. And uh. I would just tape him and I would just like record it whenever I was like in the studio, I would just record it. And I'd be like, you know, I just want you to hear yourself. Um, (laughs) But this one particular day he called me and it was so healing. And I remember thinking, I'm going to put this in a song and I'm going to write a song around it. I'm going to, I'm going to tell the story of um, what has happened to him and how it's affected me. Um, And I just thought it was a really important story and Mm. it just came out. It just, it was so cathartic. It was so healing for me to write it. And he shared with me that like my dad is, said it's it's been very healing for him too Mm. and that's what it's about you know i'm really happy i did it yeah thank you okay now i know who the voice is that we hear in the beginning (laughs) of the song that's great yeah thank you and you know there is something very gentle in that voice right yeah it it is is. gentle yeah it really is something beautiful and gentle in that conversation you're having with them so i appreciate that now we should probably tell people a little bit more about why you wanted to share this story and why this is important and and why your your father is a is a a key focal of this story and that is because of your own background part of that background is anishinaabe and cree yeah, so the song's called Child of the Government. It's about my dad being a part of the 60s scoop, which um, from the 1950s into the 1990s, the Canadian government and the Catholic Church um, are responsible for taking over 20,000 Indigenous babies and children Mm. and they were either put into foster care or they were adopted out into non-indigenous homes um some accounts of children even being sold Mm. and so my dad was one of these children um and on his adoption papers his identity was changed his ethnicity was changed they Mm. said that he was not eligible for um, indian status uh, which is a lie Mm. and so he went through his life not knowing who he was. And I went through, you know, my upbringing, not knowing that I was indigenous Mm. until he found his biological family. Mm. And then I found, you know, him. And then I got to meet all of my indigenous family up north. So it's been this, the last couple of years has just been me trying to reclaim. And it just went, the writing the song, like I said, was so cathartic. I also went up north and met my family. Um, so it's just been a really healing couple of years. Mm. And I thought, what, you know, like I have to talk about it. And it's, it's like a cry. Sometimes you need to get that out. Mm. 
Mm. Um, so yeah, it was really important for me to write it. And like I said, it, I think it's brought me and my dad closer and it's been healing for him too. So I think healing for a lot of others too. Yeah. The messages yeah. that I've been getting after I put the song out have been, wow. Like yeah. people sharing their experiences. It's, yeah. it is not, you know, uh, it's just, it's sad. It, there's so many of us just working on, we're all working on reclamation yeah. indigenous people because of what has happened. Child of the government by Jaylee Wolf, her first debut single. The song itself is very strong. You know, there's something, what you said there in the last couple of years, you've been discovering this. And I think that because that is so fresh with you, there's something that is that is captured in the song from that experience because it is so new as well. Uh, Hayden, I want to ask you about the production side of this. Mm-hmm. Because it, it certainly is right up there with the lyrics and the video um, and this whole story that is coming out through the song. Yeah, I definitely didn't want to 
um, like overpower the lyrics or anything. So I mm. wanted those to be at the forefront because mm. it is such an important story to like take in, you know, right. and having that more instrumental chorus where it just kind of opens up and lets go and like all that energy and all that power just released. And you listen to what I wanted to like. Yeah, you. like Shaylee was very, very um, incorporated in like the whole process with right. me of like building it out. But that's right. why I love working with Hayden because I have worked with other producers and it with him, it's like, I can say anything. I don't have to feel, I mean, obviously we have a very special connection, but <laughs> I, I can say anything about what I want in my art and mm. he just takes it and runs with it. Right. Yeah, and I wanted this project to be so like every piece of it that in the production side, like having her very involved in it was really important so that her pure like vision could be expressed you know mm -hmm. because it is a lot darker than our once a tree stuff it is a lot more mm -hmm. like the stuff that i'm talking about you not just in the song but the songs to come too with the mm -hmm. rest of the project it mm -hmm. there are a lot of like darker themes and that was something i needed to express so like mm -hmm. him as a producer was just i mean no-brainer <laughs> <laughs> um, but there is that darkness shows up but it's it's very powerful. It's done in a Thank very you. powerful way um, that, that just backs up the message that is being brought forward from the song. Thank you. I think yeah, darkness cool. is powerful. That's mm -hmm. sort of like how I view it. I feel like it's so necessary. You cannot have the light without the darkness. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I've always taken power in the fact that like my trauma, even I, I take power in it. I think that I am who I am because of it, mm. not, not in spite of it, not despite mm. of it. Like it is, it's because, and, um, I know happiness now because I know all that mm. it, it's however low you, you go is, is how, as how high you can mm. soar, right. you know, as, as corny as it sounds, I, I really <laughs> do believe that you can take power in, in your darkness. Right. Hayden, you, you had mentioned earlier that it, had it not been for, for Jaylee, you wouldn't be here. And that darkness that you were going through, do you think you were able to somehow tap into that to, to find something to bring forward into, this, into the musicality and the production of this song? For sure, definitely. I mean, uh, my favorite music is like sad folk songs and like mm -hmm. dubstep. <laughs> <Right. laughs> it was a pretty crazy like spread, but um, yeah. I definitely find myself, you know, even in my own like little dabbling in like songwriting and everything where I tend to like talk about really sad things and, and um, angry things. And I think it's just a way for me to express that side of myself and it's very healing and therapeutic. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and now I wanted to ask you, I'm glad you mentioned that. I wanted to ask you, ask you guys about musical influences. Who are, who are you influenced by? Who do you guys listen to when you're? We're, we're both going to say the same person, are we? Like Connor Oberst. Like we're yep. like as a song <laughs> as a songwriter. Uh -huh. um, I think that there isn't a week that goes by that we don't just like take in his art, and we like we we listen to his music like yeah every week. Uh, it's mm. something that's been ongoing. Like I just I can never get enough of the way he right. tells stories. Hayden, the other thing I wanted to ask you about was. Are you yeah. working with any, any other artists at this point, or are you still just producing for yourselves? So I'm working with um, an artist named Boy Pape mm -hmm. a little bit here and there, mm -hmm. but um, mostly it's been pretty, I've been pretty just involved with Jaylee and getting her project going and all that. I think it's just because he's so busy. That yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like the, yeah, because we do a lot of all the video and photo stuff in-house too, so it's been, it's been a lot getting this project off the ground. 
your song, I think, is, is very timely. And I just want to say thanks for uh, bringing it forward. And we wish you all the best in the future. And great having you on the show, guys. Thank you so much, Thank David. Thank you, David. We love you guys. And they are the voices of Hayden and Jaylee Wolf from Once a Tree. We've been talking to them about all the great things they have going on, but also their latest song, which is, of course, by Jaylee, and that is Child of the Government. And it was a pleasure to have them on the show talking about that. That's this part of the show. Please don't go away. We'll be right back after the break with more right here on Moment of Truth. A moment of truth with David Moses. Element, element, element FM. Welcome back to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That's 1065 in Toronto, 957 in Ottawa. You can also listen on the iHeartRadio app. If you download the app, you can take us with you anywhere you go. Welcome to those listeners on other radio stations that now carry Moment of Truth, as well as if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform or on our SoundCloud. We welcome everyone. It's also a pleasure to welcome back to the show. Now, we've had, I've had both guests on the show separately, but today they are here together. And we have with us Shoshona Kish and as well as Amanda Rayum. Now, they are involved with the International Indigenous Music Summit. Shoshona Kish is an executive director, but she's also, I believe, the artistic director of one of the events, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, Amanda is the operations manager. And so it is a pleasure to have them both here. A little bit more about both of these artists. Shoshona is an Ashnabakwe, and she is a community organizer, organizer, producer, activist, songwriter, Juno Award-winning touring artist, and she leads the multi-award-winning band Digging Roots, a band I very much appreciate and love, and her husband, Raven Kanatakra is uh, also in the band, and then she heads the band with him. Their music breaches categorization and seamlessly blends global and traditional indigenous sounds with roots, blues, and soul. Amanda is, I said, as I said, the events operations manager. She's a citizen of the Métis Nation, an amazing singing songwriter in her own right. She has self-managed her music career for over 15 years. She has released five full-length albums. Her album, Keep a Fire, was nominated for a Juno Award and won a Canadian Folk Music Award for Indigenous Songwriter of the Year. And Amanda is a proud member of the 2SLGBTQ plus community. It is a pleasure to welcome both Shoshona and Amanda to the show. Hello, Anine. <laughs> Anine, David. It's great to be here with you. It's great to have you guys both here. And as I was saying, we have uh, some exciting um, news to talk about. Of course, the International Indigenous Music Summit. You guys have been very busy with this, I know. And so I <laughs> greatly appreciate you guys taking the time to join us and talk about it. Where do we start? Shoshona, do you want to start us off with this? Yeah, well... You know, I we're really excited. This work is it's really a labor of love for both of us. You know, it's an artist led organization and it's really about, you know, expanding 
platforms for Indigenous voices and storytellers and musicians. And at the center of our gathering is ceremony. And, you know, we really wanted to build something that was rooted in our Indigenous ways of knowing and being. And, you know, and it, this is our third year. So we're still like a, a brand new mm. um, event. And, you know, our first year was in Montreal and our second year was in New Orleans, which was like a minute before the <laughs> whole world shut down. Right. <laughs> and so this year we're bringing it back home to Anishinaabe territory. Um, we're hosting from traditional unceded Algonquin territory in Ottawa in partnership with the NAC. And um, uh, yeah, we're doing some really special things that I'm very excited to talk about today. Uh, but yeah, you know, we've been extraordinarily busy trying to learn how to be um, television broadcasters almost <laughs> because, you know, it's all online this year. Yeah, you know, with that, that's the one thing I have been talking to a lot of people about because of COVID. These new technologies, you know, Zoom has been so popular. We've all learned how to use that. It's a daily uh, way of communicating now. But it, but it also means that it's opened up so many options. Uh, it doesn't limit us to specific areas anymore, right? I, I get to talk with so many people that the summit, I'm sure, has has by going virtual, has opened up things for you. Yeah, I, I do agree. You know, it's obviously preferable to be able to be together in person and doing this online is opening up opportunities for people that maybe weren't going to be able to travel, you know, from across the world or even from inside so-called Canada, you know, so it is, I'd say really exciting to, um, to be able to bring people together that maybe weren't able to make it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I think that, you know, we really approached this year with a sense of not wanting to see it as a limitation, but to sort of break open potential and possibilities that are unique to right now. And, you know, and I think that's led us down a, a brand new path. So this year we're hosting like a special series called Giwewish, and we've made these very beautiful um, short documentaries of artists. So instead of like a... Um, a streaming showcase this year. We have 16 artists that um, have really co-collaborated to create these beautiful um, short films with us that we're premiering at the summit. And Giwewish means to carry home. So we've spent time working with the artists to reflect on what it means to be home in this profound way right now and, and what our relationship to land is and how that impacts our creativity and what you know how that ref- how we can reflect on our on our identity um in that context i'm having trouble speaking at this point because that's <laughs> we've stopped sleeping probably two weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> it's been a wonderful adventure but lots of work um, yeah i'm sure i'm sure yeah, um, yeah. and you mentioned giveaway wish which is produced by jennifer Podemsky as well yes and directed by serene fox yeah. um who uh, was just nominated for a, a Canadian Screen Award. Um, and she's, the production team is doing a, just a wonderful job in these pieces for me and watching them. We often, <laughs> most of the time we just cry. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what's happening. Because <laughs> these artists are so incredible and the storytelling is so incredible. And, you know, just the chance to see 
the land and hear these stories through through the artists' voices and through their eyes. Um, so in a sense, I see this showcase program this year, these documentaries are essentially like traveling across this beautiful land base and uh, through the eyes of artists. Mm. And, uh, you know, for people that are now a little bit uh, interested in this in, in International Indigenous Music Summit, it's happening from June 8th to the 12th, as you mentioned, in Ottawa, in conjunction with the National Arts Centers. So people can go online, of course, to the website to find out more, maybe uh, find out about tickets and stuff. Yeah, you can go to IndigenousMusicSummit.com. There is a, a big register button there and uh, anyone is uh, invited, everyone is invited to uh, to register and to attend um, the premiere of Go Away Wish. There's also going to be so many more beautiful and exciting and important conversations throughout the week as well. Yeah, no, it, as it's described, a unique gathering of artists, knowledge keepers, and community builders, inviting allies and cultural innovators, featuring artists, the music industry. They will come together honoring tradition and forging new paths through curated musical showcases, as we pointed out, networking activities, panels, and ceremonies. Can you tell us a little bit more about the networking activities? Networking to me is really about relationships and community building. So, you know, we have elder teachings that begin each day and, and then we're hosting a number of conversations and they're really to uh, bring together thought leaders around these critical topics, but also for a chance for everyone to connect, you know, and I think that this is an important part of, of what we're doing and then specifically hosting networking meetings. Um, we have a Indigenous presenters network meeting that's happening at the summit, which I'm really excited about, you know, just for our presenters to have a chance to talk and work together and dream up new things. And, you know, um, also a point probably that we should mention to you, David, is we're having a Indigenous radio uh, networking meeting and, you know, with the hope of radio folks connecting and talking about things. And it's not just across so-called Canada, but it's, you know, Indigenous radio from around the world. Um, so I'm hoping that that will lead to some really interesting conversations and perhaps shared programming and certainly intel on artists and that kind of thing. And, and you know, and there's, you know, online social aspects where artists can connect, people can set up meetings with each other, they can set up a booth and receive people and even like live stream from their booths. It's a, it's a pretty... There's a lot. There's going to be a lot happening. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and so when people go to register, how's that? How's that going to operate? Is there a, is there a set price? Is it pay what you can? How's that going to go? Yeah, so we set up a sliding scale um, for registration. There's a the value of what it would be um, and is worth. And then there are a few other options, you know, depending on where each person person is at. You know, this pandemic has been tough on so many people and especially in the music industry and mm. the live music industry. So um, yeah, there's lots of uh, information on that register page and it's pretty easy to, to get a ticket. And then, you know, you'll get a confirmation and then you will get to go into our online platform, which is swap card um, and make a profile and start seeing what's uh, what's going on. Mm. But people can, can attend for free if the cost is prohibitive. Then right. We, right. we, really wanted it to be accessible to everyone and of course mm -hmm. if people have resources we certainly appreciate it but of we course. don't want anyone to feel 
like they can't come because, you know, it's just been such a challenging year. Mm. You're going to have some keynote speakers? Very excited for everyone to hear about our keynotes. And, and, you know, and I'm also very excited about the elder teachings that we're Mm. hosting each day. I think it's just a really important part of our programming to have elders present and have that opportunity to be in those kinds of conversations. You know, I, I think of the summit as a community event and we sort of, you know, we have all of these industry type things, but all of it for us really is about community. So we're opening the whole event with a welcoming ceremony, a welcome to land and a virtual feast. Um, Delegates had the option to sign up for a, uh, a feast box that we shipped all over the world. Mm. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, so we're all going to be in our home places, breaking bread together and having ceremony. And so, and, you know, lighting fires and, lifting up songs from around the world. So I'm really, I'm, ex- I'm very excited to be in that space again. I really miss it. Yeah. Now, both of you are artists as well. And so I'm wondering how you see things have changed. Because I feel like there's a new energy or there's, there's something that has new or has changed in, in the last little while around indigenous artists indigenous presentations is that just me or do you guys have that sense as well i definitely feel it i mean we've always been here um and and at the same time i think that there is this uh this surge and this uprising and this um you know bigger energy that has been building for a long long time amanda what's going on with you as an artist anything new coming up yeah, great question. <laughs> um, I've actually been writing a new record um, for the last, I'd say, 18 months and, and very intensely the last six months, finishing up some songs. And so I'm just last week started pre-production um, with the producer Hill Corkutis and uh, we'll start recording right after the summit's over. Cool. A new record. Nice. Look forward yeah. to hearing that. That's Cannot great. wait. Yeah, congratulations. Well, and Amanda, you have, you have a single coming out. Yeah, I have a single coming up. That's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm your hype woman. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I forget everything that's going on. But um, I was a part of a Folk Music Canada project. It was a collaboration with myself and um, an artist down in Australia, uh, so-called Australia. And so that song, I'm so excited about that song. Mm. And it'll come out in the middle of, uh, of June. Cool. Well, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to have you back on to talk about that once uh, once it launches. Cool. That's great. Congratulations on that. Shoshona, what's what's going on with you? uh, Digging roots, what's happening? Uh, Well, you know, life is so funny right now because Mm. we're used to being on the road all of the time, but I'm very excited that we have a new album coming out. We also have a new single coming out and, um, and, you know, kind of on the DL, we should tell you that Amanda and I are launching a new record label called Ishkade Records. Okay. And so um, we, uh, we've we been working really hard on building that space. I'm really excited to tell the world about it. And we are going to officially launch it later in June. And, um, and there are some other exciting artists that uh, we're looking forward to introducing to the world um, on Ishkade. And uh, so... Both Amanda and uh, Digging Roots will our new stuff will be out on the new label. Now, it, what's the what's the idea behind creating the new label? Well, you know, we uh, 
Ishkede in Anishinaabe Moen means fire. And uh, I think our dream is to, to amplify voices and stories and songs for the eighth fire. You know, and it's just really referring to that that uh, prophecy, the seven fires prophecy. And, you know, the elders talk about us being in the seventh fire right now. And it's a time mm. of great turmoil and really a, a, a crossroads for us. And, you know, I think the, the possibility that we can choose a path to lighting that eighth and final fire of unity and harmony is, is kind of what drives me every day. So I think, you know, the label is really a natural extension of the work that I've done as an artist and, you know, in, in a sense, the space for this International Indigenous Music Summit, but it's a different avenue and a different way for us to to amplify and um, hold space for these stories. And, and you know, we really wanted to come into the space of like record labels, and I'm using bunny ears, because, you know, really... We're, we have zero interest in exploiting artists. Mm. You know, we want to, we, it will be a community space and we want it artists to, the artists that on the label will, will be um, a part of a community that isn't about exploitation. It's really about lifting each other up and exploring, you know, governance spaces that are about our traditional governance rather than, you know, capitalism, essentially. <laughs> so this is a grand experiment, but I, you know, I know that our systems work. I trust that. So uh -huh. we're, you know, we're exploring that. Um, and I'm really, really excited about it. It's just, uh, it's been a passion project for us, for sure. Mm -hmm. That's great. Congratulations to both of you. And it sounds like that's another uh, another topic for us to have you guys back on in the future to talk about <laughs> as well, right? That's yes, exactly. <laughs> we're going to be talking to you a lot. <laughs> that's okay. I'm here to help. That's what we're here for. So that's great. Now, going back to the Indigenous Music Summit, you guys, there's a lot of great artists, right? A lot of great artists featured. Oh, it's, uh, it's a extraordinary. I'm so excited. Um, I think... You know, the other thing that's happening is that we are we're having um, international partner spotlights each day. So mm. we have a program of artists showcasing from the so-called Australia. Um, we have a Sami artist showcase from uh, Northern Europe in the Nordic region. Uh, we have a, a partner spotlight from South America and Mexico and and there will be artists showcasing from across so-called United States so you know it's really there's a real global global community coming together here and I think Amanda how many artists are showcasing in total at the summit 48 artists from around the world indigenous artists so we you know it's exciting it's really exciting there's going to be so much talent there and that is really exciting. I love the idea about you bringing in those uh, those other indigenous artists from around the world. The Sami, uh, I, I've been a big fan of, of their music for a long time. They've got some wonderful stuff coming out of there, of course, mm -hmm. but all over the place. And look at Australia and New Zealand. I mean, it's great. All of all of this stuff. More the more indigenous music we can hear, and the more indigenous artists, the better, as far as I'm concerned. And so the, I this agree. Is, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> this is great because there's so much amazing stuff out there really and you know i think that perhaps like as we're seeing this surge of of interest in indigenous arts on whole and indigenous voices seem to have, be having increasing platform 
um, there's still so many challenges and barriers for artists, you know? And so we, we just want to shatter glass ceilings and like clear a path. And, you know, and I think that, uh, and I, I, I don't think of it as like a service to the indigenous community or something. I think about it as a gift to the world. Mm. And uh, Mm. these are voices that need to be heard. These are essential stories, you know, and, um, and they belong in the canon of the stories that people have access to and get Mm. to hear and light up their lives and inform, you know, how stories inform us about who we are and help us see ourselves together and dream ourselves together. So I just, I think it's so important to have, you know, all of these voices um, and all of these stories at the table. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about the artists that are showcasing this year. And we hope to continue to do this work of creating platform and amplifying because it's worth it. Right. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. This is a Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. My guests here on the show are Shoshona Keish. She is the executive director of the Indigenous Music Summit as well as Amanda Ryum, and she is the operations manager of the summit as well. And they are here to talk about the summit, which we are doing. Now, uh, Shoshona, you just mentioned barriers. You know, there's so many barriers for artists. And I really think that uh, that sounds like something, one, that you guys are, are kind of trying to help to do with this new um, this new uh, uh, music project that you're doing and the, the label that you're creating. That's one of the things that come to mind. But in terms of this, this summit, uh, it, the summit's going to give the opportunity for people to talk about some of these barriers, I'm, I'm guessing, and, and talk about mm-hmm. those things. So what, what do you guys hope that, that the summit, by talking about these barriers and, and uh, I guess, you know, opening up that conversation for new artists that are entering into the world of music uh, get to hear, of course, some of the challenges, some of the things that they can get educated about. What are you hoping, though, that aside from discussing this, that that, that this will produce uh, moving forward? You know, like I was saying, I, I really want us to be able to dream our greatest potential together, you know, and so to me, like the seed of the summit really comes from, you know, being backstage at this beautiful festival in Australia and sitting with a bunch of, you know, amazing humans, artists and community activators and uh, backstage and, you know, people from all over the world and having this really gorgeous conversation as the sun was going down after our set at the festival. And I Mm. thought, oh my gosh, this is maybe one of the most beautiful conversations I've ever been in. And I would love to have this in a broader way. Mm. And so that was like the, the Eureka moment or mm. the light bulb moment for the summit. Um, and we, I just started planning from there because I know that when we have a chance to work together and, and connect with each other, all of this creativity fills the space and indigenous people around the world are doing amazing, innovative things. And, you know, and it's also, you know, sharing that common experience because it's amazing. I, you know, can be in Northern Australia and talking about, you know, some of the challenges that we face as Indigenous artists or Indigenous peoples, and they are having such a similar experience there, Mm. you know, and it's not the same, Mm. but the common ground is really, Mm. it's Mm -hmm. really profound. And, um, and so I think there's, <clears throat> excuse me, real power in being able to share our stories with each other 
and hear about the amazing things that each other are doing to change and, you know, make trouble and, and transform spaces and, and all of these things. And it's just incredibly inspiring. So, you know, I, I just know the power of us working together and being together. And uh, so, you know, that's really the heart of the summit. Right. Uh, Amanda, you have anything to add to that? Well, that was beautiful. I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I also just think that it's a, a place where we can have really uh, the conversations that need to be had and, and that these, you know, within our own community and, and with the outside community and also, it, you know, coming from a place of, of kindness and, and like the whole spirit of the summit is in, in, inclusive and also, you know, just, yeah, coming from that, that good place, you know, we're not wanting to cut people down or, or come from a place that isn't, you know, genuine and, and beautiful. So mm. that's what I also feel really excited about for right. the summit is the conversations we're going to get to have in a, in a kind and, uh, and loving way. Mm. Shoshona, you mentioned earlier about the, you know, it would be great to be able to get back on the road. You're used to being out on the road traveling and getting in front of a live audience and, and doing all those things. And I'm sure many artists are missing all, of all that for sure. But the other side of this, both as a summit and as individual artists that are both working and in the industry, uh, this last year and somewhat now because of COVID, because of the technologies, because of going virtual, how do you think that that is going to affect things in the future, both as artists and as uh, do you think, for instance, that the, the summit will ever go back to just being the live event? and Or do you think that we'll always be including, you know, elements of these new technologies because it opens up those those doors for, uh, you know, international participation, for instance, um, to have people attend um, and or uh, submit and or just, uh, you know, watch? Mm-hmm. You know, we've actually, yeah. we've actually asked... Uh, streamed our showcases both years as Mm. well. We did Mm. uh, Facebook live streams just Mm to, you know, create one more place where everyone can hear this beautiful and awesome music. So, you know, that that's always been on our radar. Mm -hmm. And I I do think there's, you can't necessarily replace being in person Mm -hmm. and that's the goal to get back there. But I, I think it would be wonderful to continue to include virtual aspects so that we can, you know, keep these connections alive if uh, if travel is too difficult or anything like that. Mm. Yeah, I think, you know, there isn't a returning to what we we did before all of this. Like, I think we've learned too much to, to just sort of flip the switch and try and go back to something else. And I actually think that the consequences of of, you know, the pandemic, uh, the recovery is going to take some time for music. Um, but I'm really optimistic that, you know, you just have all these creative people imagining ways to address problems and we're seeing all of these great things come of it. So, mm. you know, I hope that, I hope that we will continue to use the online space as a connection place. And, um, but I hope that it leads us to each other in person, you know, and I don't think that we can trade one for the other, but I certainly think that it can be a doorway. Um, and that's what we're hoping with the summit this year and what we're starting to dream next year. I, you know, these, the Giwaywish project um, and our showcase program this year 
is something I can't imagine uh, not having part of our program in the future. Mm. It's, it's really, I'm, I'm so, so inspired by what the production team and these artists have done. So I can't wait for the world to see them. I'm very excited. Shoshona Keish and Amanda Rayum, such a pleasure to speak with both of you. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show, talk about the International Indigenous Music Summit taking place June 8th to 12th, and people can go online to find out more about getting tickets and about all the exciting stuff that's going to be happening from June 8th to 12th online. So, Jimmy uh, Gwetch and Yawago for taking time to join me, and I look forward to speaking to both of you in the very near future. Jimmy Gwetch. Yeah, thanks so much for having us, David. This was lovely. All right, you guys take care. Okay, bama pi. Bama pi. Shoshona Kish is the Executive Director of the International Indigenous Music Summit, and Amanda Rium is the Events Operations Manager. And that is our show for today on Moment of Truth. Thank you for listening. I'm David Moses. We'll see you again next time. This has been Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM.